0: This is the Pro-AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale.
1: Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware.
2: Welcome into the third and final episode of Market Scale's Digital Signage Expo 2019 podcast coverage. We talked to a number of thought leaders while we were there at DSE 2019 just to get their thoughts on the industry. And so far, we've talked about data, we've talked about education. And on today's episode, we're really going to focus a lot on interactivity and how that is going to drive the industry forward. We're going to start off by talking to Kristen Robay. She's the Senior Channel Sales Manager for Interactive Solutions at ELO Touch. And we're going to talk to her just about how smart tech technology has really changed the consumer experience across every industry, and touchscreens have really been a big part of that, how they've been integrated into every aspect of our lives when you're talking about phones and tablets. So, why not retail? Why not food and beverage? So, we're going to talk a little bit about that with Kristen Robay to start off today's podcast. Then, we're going to talk to Doug Pittman, the founder and CEO of Board Active, and we're going to talk about the idea for his company, where it came from. He was just driving along the road one day and had this idea when he had a certain experience. And so, we're going to talk to him about that and how it's going to change the world of billboards forever so we're going to talk a little bit more about how uh, he's creating interactivity within billboards it's really fascinating and it uses location technology as well and then finally we're going to wrap up today by talking to Jim Nista the creative director of digital signage at Almo AV and we're going to talk about a new forum to advertise and create content for customers and so that's a little bit more of what Almo is doing in that content world so we're going to talk to Jim about that coming up on the podcast so it's going to be a Jam packed show full of industry thought leaders and people just doing fascinating things in the industry. So, without further ado, let's dive into that first conversation we have today with Kristen Robay from ELO Touch. Hi,
3: I'm Kristen Robay with ELO Touch Solutions. Mm -hmm. I am the Senior Channel Sales Manager for Interactive Solutions. We're an interactive company, so that's very broad. I focus heavily on the pro AV vertical as well as the digital signage market.
2: Okay, excellent. And what do you all have here at DSC? What are you showing off and kind of talking about with, with people that come by?
3: Yeah, so uh, one of the things that really differentiates differentiates Elo uh, from everyone else here is that we are specific for touch. We are Mm -hmm. purpose built for touch. We've been doing it for 42 years. We have the broadest touch offering in the industry. We range from a seven inch to a 70 inch and have multiple different form factors. Here we're showing off our interactive digital signage line as well as our open frame products. Mm -hmm. But we also have uh, desktop touch monitors, all in one touch computers. We have a variety of products to serve multiple different markets as well as needs.
2: So at a show like this where everyone's talking about increasing engagement and that sort of thing, it seems um, kind of intuitive almost that you would have something that people could touch and use and that sort of thing like a touchscreen like what ELO provides. It seems to make sense with what the, where the industry is going.
3: Absolutely. Everyone is so used to engaging with their phone, their tablet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the market's going. Customers want that experience in store, in restaurant, anywhere where you're going within the public environment it is an extension of what people are doing at home and in the office. And so having, whether it is a personal type device, a 10 inch or 15 inch, or a large interactive uh, 55, 70 inch, people want and expect that experience with your brand or your space.
2: So how do you walk through the process with a client a customer to understand their needs and how you can best kind of serve those needs?
3: Well, for me personally, mm-hmm. what I like to understand is what is the end result what do you want what do you want your customer experience to be and then part of it is where is this going? how many units are going out there into the field? Uh, there are so many questions that go into play, but really is what is the experience that you are looking to accomplish and then we kind of work backwards from that and one of the things that's nice with ELO so we are the touchscreen manufacturer we're the hardware manufacturer Mm -hmm. we are software agnostic content agnostic and with our over uh, 25 million installations globally Mm -hmm. we have partners all over the world that focus in specific verticals, uh, build content, uh, have different software offerings so we can bring the right partners in and create a solution with our ecosystem of hardware and partners.
2: What are some of the industries where you're seeing really fast growth when it comes to touchscreen? Is it in the food industry or is it somewhere else? What, what is it?
3: Self-order mm-hmm. is our biggest growth area currently. Uh, so you're seeing it a lot in QSR, but we're also seeing it in the retail segment as well. So you think when you go to a grocery store or a big box store and you're doing that self-checkout, mm-hmm. as well as uh, you'll see it in McDonald's, Wendy's, Taco Bell, all those self-order stations. Most of them are being driven by uh, ELO hardware.
2: Interesting, that's that's really fascinating. And are you seeing it all in education utilizing kind of uh, self touch or t- touch screens to be able to kind of work in the world of education? With, Absolutely.
3: With uh, again, as we were mentioning, kids. When they see a screen, they go up and they want to touch it. It, It's the expected experience for them. It's really funny. We often hear when people turn off screens and there are non-touch screens, there are fingerprints all over it because everyone is expecting that engagement experience. So it's only natural that it would bleed over into the education space. And getting the students to really engage with the lesson and the learning so the teacher can be up front annotating and walking through the uh, lesson plan. Mm-hmm. But then they can also turn it over to their students, one, on one of their devices, because often you'll uh, see school districts where the kids have Chromebooks or iPads. Right. And you can do what's called a flipped classroom. So the students are sharing on the screen or bringing the students up and having them engage with the screen. There's a lot of interactive learning games Uh Also, there's a lot of tools for teachers. Mm -hmm. So when you get these education platforms, we have some partnerships. Uh, One of our biggest partners is uh, Mm Quizdom. And we have a solution for both land-based schools as well as cloud-based schools. And as part of these tools, there are pre-made lesson plans. So it helps the teachers to... One, they can download those lesson plans. They're all state-based curriculum uh, approved for, you know, grade four math. Mm -hmm. And then they can add to that lesson plan. So it makes their life a little easier and more fun for the kids.
2: Yeah, no kidding. I I can imagine just with that hands-on type learning uh, that it really, I guess, improves that atmosphere in the classroom of being able to have that collaboration but also... Like I mentioned, hands-on learning and that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, and if you think about attention spans, we're we're two adults talking here, (laughs) and I see something shiny, and I get distracted. Right. Think about a kid. Uh, You know, studies have shown that you lose, whether you're a child or an adult, you only have someone's attention for 10 minutes. I mean, solid 10 minutes. So it... You think about it, getting that kid up and getting them engaged and other students seeing one of their classmates engaged. They, they stay a, a lot more involved in the learning experience. Sure. So it, it really helps um, just the, the entire learning environment Absolutely. as well within the education space doing things like – community boards where they are showcasing you know what their events are yeah uh locally in the school within the school district as well as in the community so there's a lot of engagement that can happen with not only the students but the parents the pta and anyone who's visiting perhaps going to a sporting event
2: sure absolutely are you seeing um just that Increased engagement with touchscreens and that sort of thing drive uh, a better ROI for for customers. Are are you seeing that? Are you able to kind of track that at all Uh, with people saying, oh, our ticketing has gone up X amount or or something like that because of increased engagement?
3: Uh, So we don't necessarily have the hard, fast numbers, to to be perfectly honest. Um, but. The growth is there. Mm-hmm. The uh, acceptance is there. Everyone is switching to this mechanism, whether it is for showing off their brand or checking out. Uh, so it's working. It, yeah. It's the way the market is going, and it can be used in so many different environments. So we were talking about you know the restaurant and QSR industry, not only for self-ordering, but interactive menu boards. Seeing the Caloric information, also going through what the ingredients are for allergies. Sure. But then also think a um, virtual hostess. You go and you sign in and say, hi, I'm Kristen and I have four people with me. And you put in your phone number because you think a lot. And now you're getting texts when your table's ready anyways. Yeah. So why not take that hostess and make them a little more efficient and helping flip the tables, engaging with the customers, just to help the overall experience?
2: Yeah, it's not removing the person. It's kind of refocusing efforts to make sure that the restaurant is able to run as efficiently as possible and as, as well as possible.
3: Absolutely, and that's actually something that's very important. Um, often there's a concern that bringing these self-order kiosks in is replacing humans and taking mm-hmm. away jobs. Right. And it's absolutely incorrect. They are actually increasing efficiencies and we have seen them hiring more people because they're becoming more efficient, which is drawing more people in. Uh, it, it's a really good effect, uh, which is opposite from when people are assuming.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about your unified architecture. I know that that's something that y'all are proud of, that you talk about quite a bit. Yeah,
3: absolutely. So uh, here at DSE, we're showcasing our 10 to 70 interactive Mm -hmm. digital signage line. And We have a unified architecture on both Android and Windows platform. Our Android platform is something that we are very proud of because it's something unique in the industry because we have taken Android and built it for commercial use. Mm -hmm. It is uh, what we call Eloview. We're running on Android 7.1, but we have a layer on top of standard Android that has made it suitable for a commercial environment and mostly a customer-type facing environment. It serves as an auto-provisioning tool, so any of those system integrators who would normally take it out of the box, program it, they now only have to upload a serial number to a piece of software, and when the device gets in the field, uh, that software gets downloaded. So CMS providers, all they need to do is pull uh, their Android application over to that group of devices or a specific device. When it gets in the field, it auto provisions Everything is also locked down into kiosk mode, so they cannot get out of that uh, software. When you're thinking about things like Android and iOS, that's what people have in their pocket. They have learned how to jailbreak and figure that out. We have... Done our best to mitigate that, and we we have never heard of anyone jailbreaking our system. Mm-hmm. So we have that auto provisioning functionality. We have the lockdown kiosk mode. We also have built-in um, device management functionality. This device management isn't you know your typical MDM. It is again built for that public environment, a device that is facing a consumer or. Uh, people within a corporate office where you need to know specific things, but you don't need to restrict them from downloading something from the iOS store or Google Play. Right. It's just a different type of environment. Um, what a, a big thing of what we do and what's different in addition to those is we manage all the threats and vulnerabilities on Android and we provide updates. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of different than anyone else who's providing commercial Android. So we have uh, over there updates that are available. We will send out an email and say, here is what we have updated in this version of EloView. If there is you know, any patches that need to go out, let's say the web browser has an update of some sort or some sort of threat has happened. Right. The customer, uh, whoever is managing the devices, has the um they make the choice do you want to deploy this update or is everything working fine for you mm-hmm. so it's not something like in the windows world where every tuesday there is windows updates that happen and in the commercial environment you know that you know messes everything yeah, <laughs> up yeah and um we're here at the digital signage expo and in the digital signage world that is one of uh, all of our worst nightmares <laughs> um
2: and the then, dreaded update. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
3: oh. yeah. <laughs> For personal and professional use, right? <laughs> um, in addition to our Android platform as well as our Windows, so we also have a full Windows line and player agnostic, we have a line of accessories uh, and peripherals. We call them our Edge Connect. On all of our devices, we have micro USBs mm-hmm. that are on the uh, outer edge on each side. And we have a full line of peripherals that seamlessly attach to our devices to extend your experience. So in a conference room setting, so if you're doing a room booking system, we have lights that attach to the side that is red or green to show if the room is busy or free. That's cool. Um, Within a self-order Type scenario we have payment processing devices that we have built brackets for mm-hmm. uh, mag stripe readers NFC that allow for that payment to happen in a self checkout environment mm-hmm. we have 2d barcode scanning we also have a 3d camera that's coming out uh, for fac- facial recognition and all of these uh, peripherals attach very seamlessly to our devices so when we talk about a unified platform we uh, have what we call the four C's. You choose, you configure, you connect, and you can control. You choose your size, you configure it. What kind of stand do you want? Are you doing it in landscape portrait? What peripherals, accessories do you want? And then you can connect and control via our EloView platform. Mm
2: -hmm. That's incredible because that really allows people to tailor it for what works best for them specifically.
3: Absolutely. People are always somewhat blown away at the fact that Wait, this screen is over here showing digital signage, but is this the same exact screen showing conference room booking system that's also over here selling? Are showing self-order checkout? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And so we really like to make it easy and efficient. And another benefit besides that is we're a global company and Mm -hmm. we have global SKUs. So something that you're seeing here today in all of these peripherals and accessories. The SKU that it is in the U.S. is the same SKU in Canada, is the same SKU in London, is the same SKU in Australia. Mm-hmm. So it really helps, especially global integrators and uh, customers to have a really seamless experience and be able to be consistent across the, That's awesome. their environments.
2: That's really awesome. Okay. Well, uh, I love what you guys are doing, and it's been a pleasure getting a chance to, to learn a little bit more about it today and having a chance to, to chat.
3: Thank you so much for this opportunity.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much to Kristen for joining the podcast. I really appreciated her insight there. And just getting to talk a little bit more about touchscreen solutions and where that industry is going, certainly exciting to see. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to Doug Pittman, the founder and CEO of Board Active. He's going to tell the story of where the idea for Board Active came from and how they're making billboards interactive. And so that's the big theme of today's episode is interactivity. So we're going to talk to Doug about that. He brings along two friends as well to help drive home the point of why Board Active exists and what their mission is. And so we're going to talk about that coming up next here on the Market Scale DSE Podcast.
0: Doug Pittman with uh, founder and CEO of Board Active. I am Cole Cummings, Director of Marketing for Board Active.
1: I'm Chris Quirin and I've got experience in out-of-home advertising, media, marketing, and that's my background. So I'm here as a consultant slash customer slash Advisor.
2: <laughs> so you
1: guys have really created
2: something that is is unique and allows uh, a little bit more, uh, let's say, interaction, I, I suppose. So tell me a little bit more about, about what you're doing at Board Actor.
4: Yeah. Um, you know, as founder and CEO of the company, I uh, years ago, back in 2012, I was taking my son to Sanford University over in Birmingham, Alabama. And we saw a beautiful creative. We saw that uh, bu- a beautiful billboard. But as we drove by that thing, we both looked at each other and said, God, that was an awesome billboard but what the heck did it say who was it <laughs> were they at were we didn't know anything about those guys and we weren't going to go up to the next intersection to turn around and come back and and uh, look at that billboard so i said you know there's got to be a way in order to to bring that brand in connection with that consumer and at that time in 2012 there was nothing uh, geolocation was new fairly new the uh, the uh, the ability to do lat long was was fairly new and the technology was not nowhere near what it should be uh, or what it would be now we knew that so after a year and a half of marketing research and development on the technical side I uh, felt like that hey we got a, we got something here and I was told by several people you you really got something if you can make this happen so what we had to do is is is, is bring that brand and that consumer together. And after seven betas in uh, one uh, V.1, we created a platform uh, named Springer after the Appalachian Trail mm-hmm. that now connects brands to consumers.
2: It's really fascinating. You were explaining Visualmatic to me a little bit earlier. Uh, explain that in a little bit more detail.
4: Yeah, Visualmatic is a, is. There's a lot of programmatic companies out there, and those programmatic companies, you know, all are are great. Pretty much, they 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 add to the creation of the content of those visual signs. But there was no one anywhere that was connecting those visual signs to the mobile device. And so I come up with a term, I said that, you know, we need to uh, make this a visual-matic platform, which visual-matic is a step above the programmatic. So visual-matic connects those visuals down to mobile so the brand can interact with that consumer. It's an international trademarked product. Our product is international patent pending. It's four-fifths of the way completed, and we're excited about the, the possibilities of that coming to life in 2019.
2: It's fantastic. Now, Chris, I'm wondering from your perspective, just how have you seen this increase uh, interactivity uh, with brands and things along those lines?
1: Well, since I view it from two different silos, I think it's important to understand that you have the sign operator and then you also have the brand. And as Doug, as I said to Doug, when I first met him in New York about, about, ten, about 10 months ago now, I guess, I was very excited about what he was doing because it was a disruptor. It was an innovator. And it showed me that there there are there are ways now to take it out of the advertising portfolio, take it out of the marketing and the branding and all that stuff, and say, what's it really about? To me, personalization and, and the communicating in a way that's more about the storytelling was important. And I said to him, I said, you've really taken the brand t- tissue and become the connective tissue back to the sign. What I see is that as a sign operator, I now have a value proposition. I can say, listen, I actually can show you that we got ROI for you, okay? From the brand side, I can get better analytics, real-time data, and I can personalize a message and create this conversational tone with the consumer. So it's the best of both worlds as far as I'm concerned. You know, now, I'm not a software guy. I've never been, never promised to be one. I told my father, I said, I'm not an engineer, okay? (laughs) Um, But what I am is a consumer. And I think the consumer experience is what's the most important thing here. We don't have an ability anymore to be conversational with a consumer in a way that's really relevant to creating ROI. And that's what these guys have done. They've bridged that gap. So in my mind, you know, what we need to do now is go to scale. Anybody that has a digital board, or anybody who has any location for that matter, should be utilizing this platform for personalizing their message back to to the consumer.
2: Absolutely. Cole, you're a marketing guy, you know, just uh, w- what's, what's important about combining um, that digital signage along with a mobile experience when it comes to companies, you know, marketing themselves and, and advertising?
0: Oh, yeah, let me answer that. Uh, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest problem in out of home and digital out of home is measuring the efficiency of campaigns and closing that ROI loop. You know, we know so many people pass a billboard, but we don't know what they do after they see the billboard. Do they go to the store location? Do they drive home? What do they do? You know, what our platform does is allow you to create a virtual perimeter around any location, measure foot traffic of that area, and send messages to users when they enter that area. So we can tell you when someone passes by a billboard, if they get that message on their phone, we can show if they actually go to your store location and close that ROI loop. So what our platform does is it helps you get better data on your audience and then use that data to personalize your campaigns and really tailor targeted messages to the people that matter to your brand.
2: Yeah, that's really important. And as much as this has been a, uh, a show about digital signage, uh, to me it's increasingly one about analytics and data. Is that an important aspect to, to what you do?
4: Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, the ability to show that uh, you could take any visual and bring that down to a point-of-sale system and show that that visual brought a sale, that's just critical. And then a retailer or a, a, a restaurant or whatever it is can take that uh, point-of-sale and re- do a report showing that that visual actually did produce some sales through that platform. That, that's powerful. That's, there's nothing else out there in the market that does that, and we know that. Um, you know, we don't just do billboards for sure. We do, uh, any kind of, geo, any kind of location. It can be a mall. It can be a movie theater. It can be, it can be any, uh, any area. It doesn't really matter. We, we hit, uh, car dealerships. We hit movie theaters. Uh, so our, our platform is, is available for any brand, uh, that wants to personalize. And I've, I've, I've stated many times, t- uh, to a lot of these, uh, um, uh, show heads, that basically, uh, we're turning the advertising term, uh, term uh, into a new term, and that new term is uh, it's not advertising anymore. It's personalizing. Hmm. It's going to be a personalizing relationship, one on one, and we know that. I think we're uh, we um, we just won an uh, or got an uh, innovation award. Our top five innovation award over in Europe. We've been invited to to come over to Europe and uh, London in November, to um, to possibly get the top innovation award for 2019 in the uh, Hospitality and Restaurant Association. Uh, that's big. Yeah. All all the big uh, QSRs. It's it's a no brainer for QSRs. I mean, if they're not getting uh, our platform, um, you know, the, then they're they're missing the point. I'm missing the consumer.
2: Absolutely, Chris. Was there something you wanted to add, kind of during that during that oh, yeah. conversation?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, when we when we talk about engagement. Okay, that's really. And you you brought it up uh, uh, originally. I'm sorry. You brought it up originally. You said something about um, uh, data. Data is the new mantra in marketing. You know, data is the is going to be the driver in all things that anybody in marketing is going to be looking at. You know, because accountability and uh, and transparency are the big buzzwords these days, right. you know. And I think that's really, at the end of the day, I, said, I even said it to Doug earlier. I said, you know, DSC is missing out on something here. If they had our platform geofencing this situation, on a, at any given time, I can get a personalized message from any booth in here, okay? That's a pretty a pretty impressive play. If I have a DSC app and I get this SDK in front of it, we're going to be able to. And I've said uh, as another part of our relationship, and one we were looking at expanding at some point was, you know, this is almost like a Trojan horse. You come in, and now all of a sudden, if I've got a location like this, geofence, uh, instant alert system. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of different touch points on this, but the reality comes down to one thing. And Doug said it best. Personalization is the new word, and then you're going to be the new way you capture the, the new consumer. The consumer The behavior has changed dramatically. The data on that is, is uh, you know, you see brick and mortar closing at, a, at an incredibly rapid rate. Part of it is the cost of labor, Part of, but the user experience has to be better. And that's what this creates, a much better user experience.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you mentioned this uh, before we started recording, but it was important for you to create this platform in a way that wasn't uh, spamming people, but they were getting the, the things that they wanted to to receive.
4: Yeah, we've uh, created something that's really, really cool. It's uh, the ability to, you know, everybody, there are push notification companies out there, and, and, and that's fine, but what we have done is we have really disrupted the market with the ability to let the consumer control what they get. We uh, call it pull notifications. Yeah. So a consumer can pull any information they want from that brand, not just one push; it's a pull notification. So the ability to actually sell a ticket or actually sell a product is available through Board Active now.
1: I'll give, you, I'll give you a quick example. We use yeah. this all the time. You know, Doug, told you about how how we we came to be. You know, talking about this in general. You know, taking kid to school, missing a billboard. But now, the, the next step in that process is let's let's say for the sake of argument, instead of getting spammed with a lot of email, which I I despise. i got more <laughs> junk in my email box than I can care to think about. It. And the amount of junk mail you get and the amount of prank phone, phone calls you get now, you're getting spammed all day long. All day long. That's why personalization is so important. It beats that part, portion of it. It's an opt-in relationship. It's a smoother relationship. 20 people drive by a billboard that's got a McDonald's on it. Ten of them are receptive to taking that, that ad, but seven of them actually act on that ad. Mm-hmm. That now shows you the ROI. We have a 35% lift an actual from visualization, visual the visualmatic, down to, boom, return on investment, and from a brand's perspective, that's the most important thing we can ask for.
2: Absolutely.
4: Yeah, the um, you know the one thing that we've that we've really really have listened to the consumers, and this product was built from a consumer perspective mm-hmm. uh, for brands, uh, the brands' creativity. Is going to be the key here. If they have a creative team, in order to make this really, really uh, uh, great product for themselves, they have the ability to do that. If they, they feel like that their marketing team is really powerful, this is a very simple process. Our platform is very simple for them to to add those creatives and engage those consumers. And that's what it's all about nowadays. It's not about, uh, how much advertising uh, dollars you can spend. Uh, we'll, we'll take those advertising dollars, but you don't need it anymore. We've given the platform that's very simple, uh, very easy. Um, brands can uh, private label our product. They can use it as powered by Board Active and, uh, and go, and we can, we can be silent. I mean, we, we're doing licensing agreements with, with big firms. Uh, there's a couple of big ones that, that I could announce um, down the road. We're going to be announcing that uh, they're doing licensing agreements as we speak. They're they're negotiating those. So there's some really big things happening with Board Active for the brands, and uh, it's, out, it's, it's now available. And the one thing that I can say is our product works. Yeah. It absolutely works.
2: Well, what's interesting is this seems to be, as you were talking a second ago about, um, just about – uh, retail and brick and mortar struggling and that sort of thing this this seems to kind of bridge that gap that exists between e commerce and and brick and mortar you know allowing them to have access to uh, personalization and, and things like that that didn 't exist before really.
4: yeah the ability to to enhance an app for an inha- 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 in app enhancement uh, through their own creative sources uh, is big. We have made apps as mo- as more powerful as a website. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to to engage those consumers and we have the ability to to keep those consumers. That's the key. We also have the ability to do social sharing. So with Board Actors platform, uh, not only do they connect with their consumers, that consumer can can share with uh, new new customer prospects, the ability to um, engage with that brand also.
2: Yeah. Cole, from your perspective, how important is it uh, for people that are marketing to have this data that tells them who their customers are and what they're looking for specifically. How, how powerful of a tool is that for, for marketers?
0: Oh, well, obviously, you know, it's super powerful. The biggest thing about marketing is knowing who you're talking to. As consumers, you know, we hate irrelevant content. We reject it. You know, I don't care about ads that have a bra on the sign. But if it's about football, I pay attention to it. And knowing that I like football is super powerful data. Um, you know, what, what our software lets you do is really just enhance your app. You know, it's so, it's such a big problem with brands who put so much time and energy and money into creating this mobile real estate. And then they get these users that come in, use their app for a week, and then uninstall. And what we do is we help you know who that user is and keep them engaged and turn that download into revenue. So that's what we're trying to do. That's
2: huge. It seems like y'all are doing some big stuff and have some exciting things coming up on the horizon. So um, really exciting stuff. And I'm glad that we got to, got to sit down and have a chat. Yeah, in uh,
4: closing, I would like to say that you know uh, I appreciate you allowing us to be here. You're a fellow backpacker and yeah. and backcountry hiker, and uh, I am also that I I love the Colorado Rockies and I love the Appalachian Trail and and my, as a matter of fact, we have uh, named our platform after That's the right. Appalachian Trail. Some of the key points we started at uh, as an Appalachian Trail backpacker. Uh, we started at Amicalola Falls in Georgia. And that's a twenty-two hour, twenty-two hundred mile track all the way up to Mount Katahdin in Maine. Woo. So as we uh, develop our new versions, which includes augmented reality, virtual, holographics, three D down the road, which is part of our patent that we filed, um, brands and consumers and the uh, uh, ad media companies will will see us track along that appalachian trail we, we're going to be naming them our platform after some of those really really key places all along the trail so you know we have having adding a little fun to it and uh our, our staff loves it we've got some uh young millennials that are are hikers and and sure. uh so um being an enthusiast i uh you know love the fact that we um uh, we are using that as our marketing piece
2: Yeah, and it allows clients to kind of go on that journey along with you as they see it kind of moving on up and that sort of thing. So I think that's a cool thing.
4: Yeah, eventually I'll start putting some some of my cooler pictures out there, (laughs) and uh, hopefully I'll be in those cooler pictures as I'm hiking up that trail. Absolutely. I haven't been able to do that in the last couple of years because of this product, but I'll get back to it.
2: Yeah, you'll get back out there. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, swinging by and and having a conversation with me, and uh, best of luck moving forward. Thank you, Tyler.
4: We appreciate you.
2: Thank you to Doug, Chris, and Cole for joining the podcast there at DSC. Those guys are just a lot of fun to talk to. I appreciated hearing their story and getting a lot of different perspectives on Board Active and where it's going. And those guys certainly have a lot of momentum and energy, so it was great getting to talk to them. All right, coming up next is Jim Nista, the creative director of digital signage at Almo AV. And he's going to talk about what's missing from digital signage, and that's relevancy and how now with data and analytics, we're able to add relevancy to a lot of the digital signage that's out there nowadays. And so that's a big thing that's been missing from that physical environment is the ability to tailor content to be relevant to any given person at any given time and how we're moving in that direction. So we're going to talk to Jim about that coming up next here on the Market Scale DSE podcast.
5: Jim Nista with Almond Pro AB. I'm the Senior Director of Content Services.
2: So uh, what do y'all have going on at the show this week?
5: Uh, we have a small booth in the Content Pavilion. We're just mm-hmm. showing off some of our, our uh, templates that we do, interactive templates, things like that. Primarily, I'm here doing a lot of different sessions and uh, talks and, and things to that effect.
2: It seems like the big trend this year is a lot about personalization, but also you know creating uh, places where people can interact with with proAV a lot more you know and interact with screens and that sort of thing has that been the a big theme that you've noticed throughout the show
5: yeah I have uh, the other thing from a, especially from a content perspective is what what really is the missing element in content is relevancy right mm-hmm. that is that's actually more important than than the content itself is how relevant it is to the person and we're adding technology to that now with the analytics and some of the tracking information and things like that to build relevancy into these screens which we've currently
2: don't really have. Yeah. How is Almo working to kind of achieve that? And how do you see the future of that continuing to go?
5: Well, at Almo you know, Pro AV and our content services, we are driven by the projects that come to us from yeah. our AV integrators, right? Sure. So uh, I know that we'll be getting more of these. We've done several so far, some of them just technology demonstrations. But really what's coming is the, um, the missing piece in the, in the investment into digital signage is relevancy. And that's what we're starting to see now with the technologies that are here. So we're not a, we're not we're a man, manufacturer of those technologies or yeah. anything else. But we, I'm I'm so interested in it. Because that's really what this industry needs.
2: How much of uh, the collaboration that goes on between you and uh, and other companies, and then you know with your clients, how much um, is it just an ex- exploratory process, or most of just uh, talking about what's possible nowadays, and kind of investigating that and seeing what solutions you come up with? Well, uh,
5: for us. Um, Projects that come from the end client. You know, we work only with AV integrators, but yeah. obviously the end client are the ones investing. And end clients, especially when the project is in the hands of the marketing department, they're very goal driven. They're 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 uh, they understand what they're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. and now they're reaching out to technology partners, content partners to help execute on their vision. And so it's very nice that. When you are working with now more and more marketing is taking over this this space and driving what's getting on those screens, that um, we are starting from goals and objectives before everything is being built. We can rewind three, four years ago, and a project would come to us, the content producers, where the technology, the hardware, the media players, the screens were already chosen. And now we might have to shoehorn the solution into that technology. Sure.
2: How- uh, how valuable is a show like this in um, just maintaining those relationships and, and getting to collaborate with people, you know, with the integrators that you work so closely with?
5: Yeah, it, you know, from an end-user perspective, this show is uh, n- not a lot of repeat business, right? Mm-hmm. End-users are different year to year, and it's, uh, maybe you see them three years from now. From a AV integrator perspective and from our you know, manufacturing partners and everything else, it's, it's actually nice because we do see them every year. And um, you know they, we Almo does road shows, we do lots of other events but this is an opportunity to see AV integrators who are specifically inside of digital signage that are the ones that, that are, are the some in some cases the trailblazers into digital signage and it's nice to be able to interact and, and you know just reconnect every year with, with those people
2: What do you think, uh, just in your mind, from what you've seen, is kind of the the fastest-growing area of digital signage, um, you know, industry-wise?
5: I think as what we're going to be seeing is the analytics platforms Mm -hmm. um, really being integrated into the majority of the CMS systems and the majority of the hardware platforms. We really are going to see that because, especially for advertiser-based or retail-based signage, being able to target a message to the viewer um, even if it's just a guess, right? We're never going to get the what what you can do on a web browser. We're going to get that kind of personal profile. I hope not. I don't. I, we don't want Minority <laughs> Report, right? Yeah, we don't want yeah. that. We don't want to be creeped out by this. But um, I, I do think that that being able to to show a different end to me than maybe to you, mm-hmm. um, based on our ages and and you know maybe different backgrounds or different things that 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 device detects about us, is truly what needs to happen in retail and advertising given an, show show a product that relates to the person
2: yeah I was joking with somebody earlier, as much as this is a show about you know, beautiful screens and things looking really nice, it's also just a show about data and show about analytics these days, just because of how big that's gotten in the industry.
5: Yeah, you know, um, we used to just be slideshow signage, right? These yeah. were glorified PowerPoint presentations, just, you know, and, it, and it slowly evolved into data-driven content and, um, and truly trying to deliver a relevant
2: message to the viewer. Absolutely. So, what kind of things are you working on right now at Almo that you're excited about? That you're pumped about for the future? Yeah,
5: our, we are focused on our templates and some widget libraries and things like that. Really useful content that's that's easy to understand and sell. We do a lot of uh, custom projects too. We build. Uh, we're building a video game for a uh, for kids in a you know. It's kind of fun fun thing it's uh, it's gonna be on you know on video walls so it's an interactive video game on video walls so it's still digital signage of course yeah but honestly what excites me is uh, a lot of widgets and templates that are, that are that get most of the work out of the way we allow a little bit of customization for the client so they can make it match their brand but they can get these solutions for you know a fraction of the cost from doing it from scratch
2: that's interesting. That was going to be my follow-up question, is just how do these widgets kind of increase the amount that you're able to tailor solutions for particular, well, for particular
5: people? Yeah, I, I actually do a lot of training for <laughs> digital signage, and, and I train uh, end clients on how to use a lot of the different content management systems. That's part of what we do with the content services. It's not yeah. just content, right? And, um, and so when I'm doing that, the same questions come up. How do we get our Google Calendar to show up on our digital sign? Yeah. And, you know... On some cases, they're on a CMS that doesn't have a plugin for that. There is no option. And that's what's exciting me is we are starting to, to offer solutions like that, just prepackaged solutions. You can get your calendar widget to show up and start to show your events. Uh, it's very, very common that everyone's starting to try to put some sort of data-driven content, even if it's just a scrolling event list or something basic. Yeah. They, want, they don't want to have to make a JPEG graphic every single time they want to change something.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned uh, just getting to do a little bit of education. How big of an aspect of your job is that educating and, and teaching, you know, here's how to best utilize you know, what you have at your fingertips?
5: Yeah, one of the things that, that we do uh, is offer end-client training with BrightSign. Specifically, we have a couple other platforms that we're going to be adding, but mm-hmm. specifically end-client training on the BrightSign platform with BrightSign software. It's a big part of what we do with my team. And so uh, I do still deliver some of those. Most of the time I deliver the advanced training, that's uh-huh. where I get brought in, um, but we still, I still do the basic training, and, and everything. so generally uh, six hours a week is, is spent with me doing some sort of training class on, or consulting, just new clients who are new to dig- digital signage and need a backgrounder. Yeah. And uh, as far as other education seminars, um, I have uh, helped co-write a portion of the DCME um, classes and i 'm also involved with the DSF in their education programs
2: that 's awesome um, It, it kind of just strikes me. I, I suppose just anytime uh, data or technology becomes kind of a, a trend or a fad, I, I suppose people understand that they need it, but need it, but don 't always understand how to get it or how to best implement it into their uh, into their larger systems. Is that something that you 've come across at all? Just
5: Oh every project, yeah, especially on the marketing side as marketing is getting much more involved mm-hmm. into driving their signage. Those, that, those, you know, those people are more visual and more communications based. So they know what they want. They might not certainly know how to technically achieve it, but yeah. they know how to ask the right questions, which is great. And so they'll look at um, wanting something, not knowing that it's going to require, you know, a lot of data integration. Uh, but they understand why they want it. They want it because it's gonna automate their screens. They want it because it's gonna keep things fresh. They understand all the reasons why. They might not understand how much work goes into it. So that's part of the education as well, is saying, you know, building this might take 100 hours, but you're never gonna to have to touch this again. It's just gonna self-update for the rest of your life. And, and that's very, very common with things like event schedules where up until they started to have it be data-driven, they were making a JPEG every day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so this is really about efficiency and helping people save time and also um, understand who their clients are and, and be able to, to reach out to them a little bit more effectively and efficiently.
5: Yeah, and also just be able to keep a, a, a digital sign fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and We have a, a project uh, that is just materializing where a theme park was doing a JPEG graphic every day for their current schedule mm-hmm. and their you know what rides are open and what are not open. But that data already existed on their website. They just didn't know how to bridge the gap. And all that needs to be done is write a widget, grab the same data that's populating the website, and their mobile app were all being populated by this. But their digital signage solution was make a JPEG graphic and upload it every day. (laughs) Or if if conditions changed. If a ride went offline midday, somebody would have to go and and make a new JPEG graphic. So to say... Whoa! You don't have to do that anymore. This this digital sign is a digital sign. It can read the same data. It can format it nicely. It can present it in a, in a beautiful way.
2: Yeah, and what happens if your graphic designer is sick for a day or something like exactly. that? Exactly, uh, your calendar's not getting updated, and yeah. uh, things just are, aren't happening, and exactly. stuff kind of falls apart.
5: So it's a it's a bigger upfront investment to build you know yeah. widgets and applications like that, but. You know, in the long run, it's a huge ROI. It, it, sometimes it's even just a few months of savings of, of getting that resource back to do more yeah. important things than, you know, do something that a, a, a basically a, a, an application could do.
2: Yeah. What's that conversation like just explaining, like, you know, this, this is bigger, you know, cost up front, but you know you'll begin to see benefits from it do you have that conversation often with people or uh,
5: if they've already been doing digital mm-hmm. signage and kind of doing that digital signage 1.0 model yeah. um they get it already okay. they're frustrated yeah. they're tired they're 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 you know it's just a plain exhaustion of having to update <laughs> that content every single that that way yeah. um if they're new to it though generally nowadays they are asking for it you know in the past mm-hmm. we would have to offer and explain why and, and, and maybe even do a cost-benefit analysis and everything mm-hmm. else versus the two different ways now, uh, more and more, especially as, as this is being driven, you know, digital science is being driven more and more by marketing and communication departments. They're saying, look, I don't want to have to do this every day. There's got to be a way to do it. And, yeah, you know, there is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Jim from Elmo, thank you so much for stopping by and having a chat with us at, uh, at DSC 2019.
5: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Thanks to Jim for joining us at DSE in Las Vegas. That is all for our DSE podcast coverage. We certainly hope that you enjoyed hearing from these thought leaders across the industry. As always with these trade shows, they go by in a flash. They are just a blur of activity, of getting to meet and talk to people, interesting people, interesting ideas across the industry. It's just a fantastic time just to get to collaborate and see what's going on, uh, even in different areas of the industry. So. Fascinating time there at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Can't wait for it to come back around next year. Thank you all so much for listening and following along. As always, you can find more content just like this at the Market Scale Pro AV industry page. Make sure to go to marketscale.com, click on industries up at the top of the page and scroll down to Pro A V. There you'll find a lot of video content, more written content, and podcasts as well. So make sure to go follow along with all of the great stuff we have there. We'll be back soon with another episode from our Pro AV content series, but until then, I I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.